Merry Christmas, Woodlands Church. Merry How Christmas. are you doing? Yeah. Hey, the weather outside may be a little frightful, but it's getting better, and it's really delightful in here. Wouldn't you agree? So glad you're here. You can be seated. We have three enormous bells on stage because Christmas and bells just go together. Some of our favorite Christmas songs are about bells. Jingle bells, silver bells, carol of the bells. And bells play a big part in some of the most loved Christmas movies. Like that famous line from It's a Wonderful Life. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets it. Yeah, I'm not sure that's accurate, but... um, Maybe a more accurate saying would be, every time a bell rings, a high school student is tardy. That would probably be more, more accurate. And of course, the three most famous bells in America are the Liberty Bell, the Peace Bell, and Taco Bell. It's the most visited bell. Hey, we have these amazing bells, and we're gonna ring them right now. And it's a lot of fun. We're just ringing the bells for everyone who's late to the service. They'll hear the church bells ring. Did you know the largest bell here weighs 1,100 pounds and was made in 1908 in a foundry in Ohio? The one that Chris rang weighs 975 pounds and was made in the late 1800s. More than likely, they were church bells or school bells somewhere in little towns in the Midwest. The tradition of ringing bells goes all the way back to the year 400 AD. And by the Middle Ages, church bell towers were common everywhere. They were used as a way to communicate important messages to everyone in the village. They didn't have email or group text, but a really loud bell would send a message to everyone. They could all hear it. It reminds me of two young boys who were spending the night at their grandparents' house just a few weeks before Christmas. At bedtime, the boys knelt down beside their beds to say their prayers, and the younger one began praying at the top of his lungs. I pray for a new PlayStation 5. I pray for a bike. And the older brother said, why are you yelling? God's not deaf. And the little brother replied, oh, I know, but grandma is. When you want to get an important message out, it needs to be loud and clear. And the church bells in a village would communicate loudly and clearly that there was an important event that everybody needed to know about. The bells would ring out every Sunday to remind people to come to worship. It also made it impossible to sleep in. On, if you'd been out late partying on Saturday night, those church bells would wake you up. The bells were rung when there was danger, like a fire in the village or to announce that an enemy was attacking. And the bells would also ring out to announce that someone royal or important had entered the village. And on the first Christmas, angels' voices rang out into the night announcing that the king of heaven had entered our world. And Luke 2 says this, the Christmas story. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. 
And Christmas is good news. It's the best news. Hey, these bells are in mint condition. But just a few months ago, it was a totally different story. These bells were lying in a junkyard, rusted out, totally unusable. We got them and restored them. Just watch. Didn't they do a great job? I mean, our team amazes me. They totally restored them, and now they're as good as new. And in a way, these bells are a symbol of what Christmas is all about. Christmas is really a story of restoration. Unfortunately, because of all the busyness, commercialism, and chaos that's in our culture today that surrounds Christmas, we have lost the meaning of Christmas in our culture. It's important to restore the real meaning of Christmas in our hearts and in our homes. But for that to happen, we have to realize that it's Christmas that restores us. We want you to see that Christmas restores our worth. Not too long ago, these bells looked totally worthless. They were resting away in a scrap metal yard. But there's a guy in Michigan who's an expert when it comes to restoring old bells. He knows their worth. He recognizes their value. And he knows that if he restores a bell, it can be worth thousands of dollars. He spotted these bells lying in an old junkyard. We got the bells from him and restored them. But just think about all the people who walked right past those bells in the scrapyard and all they saw was junk. All they saw was rusted out, worthless junk. But the bell expert saw past the rust. He saw past the scratches and past the dirt and the scars, and he saw their great value. He saw not only what they were, but what they could become. And Christmas shows us that God looks past our brokenness, past our failures, our selfish sins, and he sees our great worth. He created you. He knows how valuable you are. Maybe no one else sees your great value today and you can't even see it yourself, but God sees you. God sees you. He looks right past your brokenness and he sees your beauty. And no matter how broken you are today, you are precious and valuable to God. And he came at Christmas to restore your worth. He also came at Christmas to restore our purpose. These bells were made for a purpose. They were made to ring out loudly with beautiful tones that lifted the spirits of everyone who heard them. That was their purpose, to ring. But they'd been rusting away in a junkyard for years, not fulfilling their purpose. Those bells had sort of lost their bellness, but now they're back to being bells again, ringing out these beautiful tones. Their purpose has been restored. Look at Colossians 1.15. We look at the sun and see God's original purpose and everything he created. Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. God made everything for a purpose, including you. And everything finds its purpose in him. You will never find your purpose apart from God. And your number one purpose in life is to experience a relationship with the God who created you. There's a God-shaped hole in your heart that nothing else will fill. But there's a great barrier that broke our relationship with God. And that barrier is sin. We've all sinned, the Bible says. We've all made mistakes. We've all failed. And the Bible tells us that it's our sin that has separated us from a relationship with perfect God. When we try to find our purpose outside of God and we do what we think is best instead of following God, who knows what's best for us, then the enemy comes in and steals away our purpose. 
During World War II, Adolf Hitler needed vast quantities of metal to supply his Nazi war machine. He found a simple solution. He ordered his troops to confiscate bells from their towers. And like plucking fruit from trees, the Nazis stole over 175,000 bells from towers throughout Europe. The bells were shipped down rivers and dumped at enormous bell cemeteries like this one in Hamburg, Germany. And there they were broken down and melted into large ingots before being sent to nearby refineries to be made into weapons. The very same bells, the very same bells that had been the heartbeat of thousands of villages and communities were now being repurposed by the enemy to attack them. They were being attacked by metal from their own bell. Have you ever felt like one of those bells? Like your purpose has been stolen by the enemy and now you're trapped in a crowded port afraid of what might come next? Well, that's where we'd all be without Jesus. But Jesus came at Christmas to rescue us and restore our purpose. What the enemy stole from you in an attempt to destroy you, Christ wants to reclaim and restore for your good and his glory. You see, Christmas restores our worth, and Christmas restores our purpose, and Christmas restores our hope. Life can be so beautiful and yet so broken. Since the fall, the human race has been a broken race, and we've lived in a broken place. And there's just so much pain and loss and heartache that it can leave you feeling hopeless. But Christmas shows us in the middle of the great pain, there is a greater hope. And I want you to know today, there is a hope that is greater than all your hurt, and that hope is Jesus Christ. In Romans 15, verse 13, would you look at it with me? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is the source of hope. And on that first Christmas, God sent hope into our hopeless world. And this Christmas, God wants to send hope right into your hurting heart. He wants to fill you with hope because the bell of hope rings louder than your deepest hurt. I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day is a poem that was written during the Civil War in 1864 by Henry Wordsworth Longfellow. His wife had died in a tragic fire in his home just two years earlier. And now his 18-year-old son had just been severely wounded fighting for the Union Army in the Civil War. Longfellow's entire world had blown apart. And now it seemed like the whole country was splitting at the seams too. It just seemed like devastation everywhere he looked, both in his own life and all around him in the country. And on Christmas morning, 1864, Longfellow heard the church bells chiming. And in his grief, he wrote these words. I heard the bells on Christmas day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Can't you just feel the pain that he was going through? He hears these bells ringing, ringing out about joy and peace, and yet he feels emptiness. But yet as he continued to sit there at his desk, the bells continued to ring and ring and ring. 
and hope started welling up within him. And then he wrote these lines. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. I love that. I love that line. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. God isn't sleeping. God isn't dead. Just because Longfellow saw devastation in his own life or in his country, he knew that God was still on the throne. God was alive. And that's where the hope sprung up from. God has not left you. He's still close. He sees your pain. God hurts with you, and he wants to fill you with hope. No matter how deep the pain is that you feel, the God of hope is here with you to wrap his loving arms around you and hold you together when everything feels like it's falling apart. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. That's what he came to bring. He brings peace, but we have to let that peace in to bring healing to us. You see, God came to restore our worth, to restore our purpose, and to restore our hope, but our ultimate hope is in heaven. Heaven is the great restoration. Look what it says will happen in heaven in Revelation 21. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Jesus said at the great restoration in heaven, I'm making all things new. Now he didn't say, I'm making all new things. No, he said, I'm taking old things, I'm taking current things, broken things, and restoring them. If you're a Christ follower, just think about it for a moment. Everything in your life that has been broken or will be broken will be restored. All your broken dreams, your broken heart, your broken emotions, your broken relationships, everything that's not right in your body, all those things will be totally restored. And everything in your life that you've lost or will lose will be restored. Your lost innocence, your lost purpose, the times you lost your way, those lost years that you wasted, loved ones that have gone to be with the Lord, everything lost will be restored. If you're a Christ follower, Jesus says, I know it hurts now, but the great restoration is coming and nothing is really lost. In heaven, it's a real place. It's a place of total fulfillment that's more real than the room that you're in now. And heaven is the place of no more, no more sorrow. Can you imagine? No more sorrow, no more sickness, no more pain, no more death, no more tears. It's the place where all that is wrong will be made right. In the Middle Ages, when someone died, the church bells would ring three times and then pause, ring three more times and pause, and then ring three more times again. And that was the signal to the villagers that someone had died. And then the bell would begin to toll once for every year that the person had lived. That's where the phrase for whom the bell tolls comes from. They called it the death knell. And one day, the bell will toll for every single one of us. We'll all experience the death knell. Now, it's not something we usually talk about in casual conversation, Nobody likes to talk about death, even though it's the one thing we all have in common. But we don't talk about it. I think it's because most people are afraid of death. 
It's because it feels very final. But you need to know something this Christmas. And that is that one day, even though your heart will stop beating, and so will mine, we will live on. You will live on because you were made for eternity. You don't have to fear death because the Christ of Christmas has made a way to heaven for you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. And what a wonderful message it is because reconciliation just means restoration. Christ came at Christmas to restore our relationship with him. He came to die on a cross and forgive us of all our sins and make a way to heaven for us. For you see, heaven is a perfect place, but we're all broken and imperfect. But God loves us so much that he came to heal our brokenness, forgive our sins, and make a way to perfect heaven for us. And the last verse says, all of this is a gift from God. Heaven is a free gift, and that's good news. You can't earn it or deserve it. All you have to do is receive the gift of salvation. Receive the gift of worth and purpose and heaven one day by receiving the Christ of Christmas. When you receive Christ, you don't have to be afraid of death. It's not the end, it's just the beginning. You don't have to fear the future because the future is as bright as the promises of God. But there is a disturbing sound of hopelessness that seems to permeate our culture today. It's an echo of emptiness that rings in our ears and it tells us there is no purpose to life. Your life has no meaning. You're all alone. God doesn't care about your pain. Your future is hopeless. You see, everyone is searching for hope. We're all reaching for the bell of hope, but we're reaching in the wrong direction. We place our hope in material things. And there's nothing wrong with nice things. It's just they'll never fill the emptiness in your heart. Or we place our hope in pleasure or success or in another human being and we discover they can't meet our deepest needs that only God can meet, needs like fulfillment and purpose and meaning. And we reach out to ring the bell of possessions or to ring the bell of pleasure or to ring the bell of success and there's just silence, emptiness that comes back at us. But when you reach out and place all the hope you have left on our only hope, the Christ of Christmas, the sound of hope, will begin to rise in your heart and it will drown out the noise of hopelessness because the bells of hope ring louder than the echo of emptiness. The bells of hope ring louder than the voices of hate. The bells of hope ring louder than the lies of the enemy. The bells of hope ring louder than your deepest hurt and one day the bells of hope will silence the sound of all injustice. It will silence the sound of all evil and the bells of hope will silence all sickness and sorrow and heartache and pain and the death knell will never ring again as the sound of hope will thunder through heaven and earth and echo through all eternity. Our hope, Jesus Christ, rings louder than your deepest hurt. Let's stand together because we don't have to fear the future. Let's stand and let's sing. You don't have to fear the future. The future is as bright as the promises of God. If you're a Christ follower, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Let's sing together. 
You can be seated. If you receive the gift of Christmas, fear's not your future. God wants to restore your peace, your joy, and hold you in his love. When you invite the Christ of Christmas into your life, you're forgiven of your past. You have a purpose in the present, and you have heaven in your future one day. Let's look at Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the Christmas story again. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The angels told the shepherds on that first Christmas what God tells you this Christmas. You don't have to be afraid. I've got good news. A Savior has been born for you. For we needed a Savior, and God sent us a Savior at Christmas. And all we have to do is stop trying to save ourselves and let him save us. When I was growing up, there was a big family with the last name Anderson that lived in the house at the corner of my street. And they had five kids, and every day when I cut through their yard on the way to school and on the way home, I'd usually hear some of the family. And they were laughing and talking. If anyone happened to see me, they would look out the window and wave, or sometimes even open the door and yell hello. And if the door opened, you can just bet that you would smell something really good cooking like bacon in the morning or cookies in the afternoon. And every kid in the neighborhood knew the Andersons. Not only did we play with their kids, but we were always made to feel like we were one of the family when we stopped by their house. But there is something that I saw in their family that has stuck with me through all these years. They had a decent-sized bell attached to a post on their back porch. And every evening, one of the Anderson parents would ring the bell when it was time for their kids to come home for dinner. Now, we all played outside nearly every day, and you could hear that bell clear on the other side of the park, several blocks away. A bunch of us kids would be playing on the playground equipment, and we'd suddenly hear ding, 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 and the Anderson kids would stop whatever they were doing. I mean, they'd flip down from the monkey bars or drop the football, and they would just yell, see ya, and they were off. They would turn and head toward home. We could be at a decisive point in the middle of a big group snowball fight, and ding, 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 suddenly half the team was gone. Just like that, they were just gone. The Anderson's dinner bell was such a regular event of my childhood that it got to where I wouldn't even notice it unless I was with one of their kids when it rang. But they always heard it. Their ears were so attuned to that bell that we could be inside my house, in the basement, Gilligan's Island blaring on the television. Suddenly, the Anderson kids would leap up and say, see ya, and head out. It was like a dog whistle. I wouldn't have even heard a sound, but they did. You see, for the Anderson kids, the ringing of that bell held a call and a promise. There was the unmistakable call of authority, The parents fully expected their kids to obey right away. So the kids had to go home. But the promise, the promise of what would be waiting for them when they got there, good food, a jumble of happy voices, people who loved them, security, understanding, well, that made them want to go home. They had to go because they were called. They wanted to go because they were loved. And the Anderson's bell was heard by everyone in the neighborhood, but it only meant something to their kids. They were the only ones to respond. And this Christmas, 
your God is ringing the bell. Can you hear it? He's calling his kids home. He's calling you wherever you find yourself this Christmas, whatever ache that you are secretly trying to manage, he's calling out to you. Maybe you've wandered so far away that you can barely hear him anymore. But listen, he's calling you back. Maybe this Christmas, your heart feels so crushed that you have given up on your worth ever being restored. But know this, broken hearts hear him best. The Bible promises us that God is near to the brokenhearted. He's calling you back to him, back to hope. But maybe, maybe you don't hear a thing. God has tried to get your attention over and over and over, but you've ignored him, and now you can't seem to hear him, now that you really want to. Well, usually the Anderson's bell only rang once. That's all it took. But every once in a while, about 30 minutes later after the bell rang, it would ring again. And that could only mean one thing. And that was that one of their kids didn't come home. And they were missed. They were missed. The next day at school, we'd say, oh, who was it? Who didn't make it back? But you see, that's God's heart. That's God's heart. When one of his kids is missing from the table, he misses them. And he rings the bell again. He calls to you again and again and again. Can you hear it? Your creator is calling to you. And it's never too late to run home. It is never too late to drop the weight of whatever is holding you down and turn and run to him. And you will be welcomed with open arms. You know, there's not a kid in our neighborhood who didn't wonder what it was like to live inside that house to really be one of the family. And maybe you grew up in a family where you can't imagine what that would be like either. Let me tell you, God is calling you home. And his home is better than anything we can recreate here on earth. He wants you. He wants to come live inside of you. You'll be held tight in those strong arms of protection, love for not, not for who you pretend to be, but for who you really are, who he created you to be. This Christmas, run home. It's not too late for you. Yeah. You can be seated. If you're a Christ follower and you're waiting for God to come through for you and you're starting to lose hope, don't give up. It's never too late. In fact, God's timing is always perfect. God is never too early. God is never too late. He is always right on time. God's timing is always perfect. Now, it's not my timing. I don't always like God's timing. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm waiting on God and waiting on God, waiting on God, and it looks like he's not doing anything. But God knows what he's doing. His timing is always perfect. He promises you, if you're a Christ follower, that everything is gonna work out in the end. Did you hear that? Everything in your life is going to work out in the end. And if things aren't working out right now, it just means it's not the end. It's not the end. You know, the famous line in the Polar Express is, the bell still rings for me. If you've never received Christ, if you've never received the free gift of Christmas, it's not too late. The bell still rings for you. You see, God rings the bell for you to come home. 
God is speaking to your heart right now, not in an audible voice, but with a tug in your heart that's drawing you to himself. You hear God's bell ringing for you to come home this Christmas, and it's not too late. The bell still rings for you, but one day, the bell will stop ringing. But as long as you have a heartbeat, it's not too late. And the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Why? Because it's the only day we know we have. And heaven is a free gift, but you have to receive it. God gives you the free gift of heaven one day and forgiveness today and purpose today, but he gives you the choice to receive it or to reject it. There has to be a point in time in your life where you choose to accept Christ and his free gift of heaven. And you have to stop trying to save yourself and let him save you. Let me ask you a really important question. If you died tonight, do you know for sure you would go to heaven? You say, Carrie, I think so. I'm not totally sure, but I, I think I would. I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, the Bible says these things are written that you may know you have eternal life. God wants you to know before you leave this place that you have a ticket to heaven one day. His free gift of heaven. Let me ask you, if you did die tonight, and hopefully you're gonna live for many more years, but if you did die tonight and stand before God and he asked you, why should I let you into my perfect heaven? What would you say to him? Well, I've tried to be a good person. I'm not perfect, sure I've sinned, but you know, my good outweighs my bad. I think I've done some good things. I've never done anything really bad. And, or I'm religious, you know, but I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about if you're a Catholic or a Baptist or a Methodist or a Presbyterian or Episcopalian or a Church of Christ or Assembly of God. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. You see, I want you to know how to answer that last question. I want you to be ready for the ultimate test. You see, when I stand before God and he asks me, Carrie, why should I let you into my perfect heaven? There's only one right answer, and that's, I don't deserve it. I've sinned like everyone else, but I received the free gift of heaven through your son, Jesus Christ. I received the gift of Christmas. I get to go to heaven not because of anything I've done, but because of what your son did on the cross when he died and shed his perfect sinless blood to wash away all my sins. And he rose again and defeated death so I could have heaven one day. You see, all your good works, the Bible says, are like filthy rags compared to God's perfection and perfect heaven. We couldn't work our way up to be good enough to get to perfect heaven, and that's why God came down to us on that Christmas so that he could save us. Today in the town of David, you have a Savior, and we needed a Savior. You know, I just want you to receive the gift of Christmas this year. I believe that the bell is ringing for you and God wants you to receive the gift of Christmas. It's your gift, but here's the thing. It's like all gifts. I can give you a gift. It's a gift that's free, but if you don't receive it and take it home with you, it's not really your gift, is it? And God gives you the free gift of forgiveness and salvation in heaven one day, but he doesn't force it on you. You have to choose to receive it or reject it. And there has to be a point in time in your life where you choose to receive it where you choose to receive him and you humble yourself to admit you can't get to heaven without him. Humble yourself to admit that you need a savior. You need forgiveness. You have to humble yourself to admit that and, and then you just receive it. 
And it's an amazing thing. You're filled with purpose and meaning and joy that's unexplainable. And you have a ticket to heaven one day and you know that you'll be in heaven one day. I want us to do something really powerful this Christmas Eve, really meaningful that you'll never forget. Take out these little commitment cards, these little connect cards, and you'll see there's a bell drawn on them, a little graphic of a bell. And if you would say to me, Carrie, I really want to accept the gift of Christmas this year. I wanna accept Christ into my life. I admit I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness. I can't get to heaven without him. I wanna accept his free gift of heaven and salvation. I'm tired of trying to find my purpose apart from God. I need him. I wanna accept Christ this Christmas. Would you just put an A inside that little bell? Just put an A in there. Something happens when you make the decision. See, you have to at a point in time in your life Make that decision and commit your life to Christ because no one else can decide it for you. It's a personal decision and it becomes so powerful. So something happens when you write that down. It's your decision. It doesn't matter if everyone in your family is a Christian. Have you made that decision? It doesn't matter if your uncle was a pastor. It doesn't matter if you go to church every week. All that matters is have you accepted Jesus Christ into your life as your savior to be the director of your life? Have you done that? And maybe you'd say, Carrie, I think I have, but I'm not sure. Get it settled this Christmas. You can drive a stake in the ground and get it settled. You can always remember at Woodland Church on December the 24th, Christmas Eve 2022, I got it settled. And now I know I'll be in heaven one day. If you're at the Atascacita campus, you're in the Woodlands campus, or you're connected to us online somewhere around the world, this is your Christmas Eve. This is your day of salvation. And all you have to do is receive him. You can get it settled and you can know you have a ticket to heaven. He has made a place for you and he's ringing the bell. The bell still rings for you. And he says, come home. Come home, my child, I love you. And if you would say, Carrie, I am already a Christ follower. I know that he saved me. I know that Christ is in my life, but I'm not as close to Christ this Christmas as I once was. I've kind of wandered away. I wanna renew my faith this Christmas. Christmas is a time to release your fears and renew your faith. Would you just put R in that bell? And on both of these, we're not gonna come over to your house to bother you. We just wanna send you information how to grow in your faith. And if you put, I'm renewing my faith, then I just challenge you, be here in January. And we're kicking off a new series. It's gonna be really powerful and start the year right and grow in Christ, grow closer to him. And then if you would say, Carrie, I'm not even sure I believe in God, much less Christ coming into my life. I've got a lot of questions. And we say questions are great at Will and Church. Questions are welcome. Questions are important. There's no question off limits. God's not afraid of our questions. And so we want you to ask those questions. But if you'd put C, I'm considering Christ, I'll consider Christ, and take this out to the table at the end of the service, we wanna give you a gift, a free copy of our very own Lee Strobel's book, The Case for Christ. And there's a movie out, The Case for Christ, and it's Lee's personal journey and all the questions he had that led him to the truth of Christ. And just keep an open mind and search for the truth and God will lead you. I want us right now to bow our heads. And if you put A, I wanna accept Christ, would you just pray this prayer silently to God wherever you are, or a Tascacita campus here in the Woodlands or somewhere on the other side of the world, maybe through our broadcast ministry, wherever you are, God is ringing the bell for you and he wants you to come home.
just pray this prayer silently to God on the holiest night of the year as if you're the only one in this place. Dear Jesus Christ, I admit I need you to save me. I need you to forgive me of all my sins and I'm sorry for trying to live my life apart from you. I ask you to come into my life and change me from the inside out and I want you to be the director of my life, the Lord of my life from now on. I accept your free gift of salvation and forgiveness and purpose and meaning and I accept your free gift of heaven. I could never earn it or deserve it. Thank you for coming at Christmas for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that you rose again to defeat death. I don't have to be afraid of death. I get heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Now help me grow in my faith. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, Christ came into your life. You may not feel different right now, but he came into your life through his Holy Spirit, and he'll never leave you. And I'm telling you, things will be different. Things will be different as he starts leading you and growing you. It's an amazing thing. And what we want you to do at the end of the service, if you put A, we want you to come up right here to the stage and give them your card, and we're gonna give you a little bell. And this little bell, Woodland Church 2022, Christmas Eve, so you can remember that you prayed to receive Christ. You can always look at that and remember, hey, got it settled right then and there. God's bell rang for me, and I answered the bell, and I came home and became part of his family. And then we're gonna lead you up on stage, and you're gonna ring the bell, and we'll take your picture so you can remember. This was the night, Christmas Eve, 2022, you got it settled. You came home. Well, now we're at the point of our service where we give back to God. And if you're a first-time guest, just relax and be our guest. This is a gift to you. The offering is for our regular attenders, and we give because we love God and want to put him first, and we love the ministries and missions of Woodland Church. And it's the last chance to give for many of our regular attenders. I just want to remind you of some of the things God did through you, Woodland Church, and our ministries and missions. Over 250 people experiencing homelessness were impacted with clothing, food, and temporary housing. They're a homeless ministry this year. Over 2,100 people were impacted by our foster care and adoption and single parent ministry. Over 2,000 children received school supplies for the year. Over 2,000 children from under-resourced families received Christmas presents this year that wouldn't have had Christmas from you, Will, and Church. Our ministry rescued over 50 women from human trafficking in India this year. In Woodland Church, you planted 15 new churches this year in Kenya, Honduras, and India. Over 1,000 people received agricultural training and supplies in Kenya, Haiti, and India through our farmers' field schools. And over 6,000 students are receiving biblical mentoring in Malawi, Kenya, and Honduras. Over 69,000 people are impacted in five countries with our food programs, job training, literacy programs, in-school mentoring, sports ministry, church planting, and leadership training. It's amazing what God's done through, and thousands more were impacted by our ministries providing food, disaster relief, job support, camp scholarships, addiction recovery, our counseling and mental health ministry, after-school mentoring, and so many more ministries and missions of Woodland Church. A big church makes a big difference as our eyes are off ourselves onto God and others. And I'm so proud of you, Woodland Church. And by the way, just last week, you provided Christmas through our angel tree ministry to over 2,000 kids that wouldn't have had it. Just watch. Yeah. I praise God for you, Woodland Church. I think there were like 14 FedEx trucks that took it all out. It was pretty amazing. Um, now we want to take our offering, 
And so if our ushers would come right now to take the offering, and there's several ways to give. You can give in the offering right now, or you can go to wc.org, um, and you can click on the giving button there, and it will take you right to our secure giving site, and that's the way so many people give, and it's a, it's a great way to do that, and you can set up recurrent giving and make it a priority for God's glory and for your blessing. Also, you can take out your smartphone and you can give. All you gotta do right now is just text the word GIVEWC, make it one word, GIVEWC, to 77977, or you give stocks by the end of the year. Go to wc.org slash stock, and it doesn't matter how you give, just give for God's glory. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Christmas is all about giving, and we follow God's heart when we give. In just a moment, we're gonna go into our carols by candlelight. First, I got a couple of announcements. Starting a new series, January 7th and 8th, called New Day, New Way, 21 Days to the Life You Were Made For. We're gonna really look at what God's word says about how to break out of these ruts that just keep us stuck in the same old things. We say, this is gonna be the year, this is gonna be the year. Same old stuff. The old way doesn't work. You keep trying it, but there's a new way, and this is a new day. Don't miss it. And by the way, next weekend is our New Year services. They'll be Saturday night, New Year's Eve at 6 p.m., and Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11.30. So I hope you'll come to that as well. In fact, tomorrow, we have a Christmas Day service, and it's different from this service. It's gonna be really meaningful. It's only 40 minutes. You can bring your kids in pajamas. All the kids can come in here. It's uh, 10 a.m. on Christmas morning, tomorrow morning. Well, we wanna do the most sacred and powerful time of the night, our carols by candlelight. And by the way, if you're a first-time guest, we want you to take this card, go out to the table at the end of the service, and you can receive a free gift, our latest book, The Gift of One Day. We just want to encourage you with that. So let's stand together, and let's sing our carols to the Lord. Would you leave your candles burning for just a moment more, and let's pray. Jesus Christ, thank you. Thank you for breaking into our world at Christmas to let us know that you love us, that you care for us, that you're coming after us, and that you're coming again. We praise you, and we look forward to living living even more closely to you in the days ahead. And right now, together, we want to lift up those who this Christmas find themselves in a lonely place, the sick who are in the hospital, elderly in nursing homes, our troops stationed overseas. So many are hurting and lonely. Father, please be near to them, comfort them. You promise to be close to the brokenhearted. So whether you find us in this room or somewhere else in a hospital, in a place that feels lonely and dark, Father, please let them know that you are close, that you love them, you care for them, and comfort them. Thank you for your peace. Jesus Christ, we love you. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. You can blow your candles out. Hey, guys. On behalf of Chris and I, our family, and this amazing team, Merry Christmas, Woodlands Church. We love you. God bless you. Stay warm and enjoy the Festival of Lights. Merry Christmas. We love you guys.
Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.